0: You're listening to Red Nation Online.
1: Saturday, July 22nd, it's Steve Perry, I'm Ian Clark, we're back from BMO Field. Well, if you ask me, at least two minutes sooner than we should have been. A one-one draw with the Colorado Rapids was littered with cynical injuries and a referee who didn't have control of the match, or apparently his watch and added time. It was a depleted TFC who showed well against a poor Colorado, but losing Benoit Cheru gave the Rapids life in the second half where they're able to score and steal a point. We discussed the physical play, highlights and lowlights, and look ahead to NYCFC next weekend. It's all that and more on the next forty five minutes on East Side Stand Up. We're back. From BMO and a long hiatus as well. It's been uh, well, it's been a while. You for longer for you than me.
0: Yeah, for sure. I I feel I hate, I was thinking about this before coming here. I hate how we start with "We're Back" because I think of uh, "Back in Black" by ACDC. Anyway, Not a fan. Not a fan. Uh, no, I I, I dig ACDC, but well, okay. Of, but I'll just say I'll just say I feel like decide. I feel
1: like when you do something every episode, if you don't do it, then the listeners like, what the fuck? Okay, so so we're when back. I was,
0: when I was in high school. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, okay.
1: okay. We're back from BMO, 1-1 draw. Not happy. I was pretty pissed. It was like I was pretty 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 foul. Uh for most of the walk home, we didn't really talk about the game, which cuz I wanted to keep the the emotions yeah, there's genuine.
0: A, there's a bit of cone of silence, uh just so that we didn't debrief or uh maybe just blow our steam before we get onto this mic. And the disappointment, I was trying to I, I've been trying to psychoanalyze this disappointment, where it's coming from, right? And I'm thinking part of it comes from a game that we should have easily won, uh, gotten more points on than just one, and uh, against a team that we should have easily beat, and then also in a game that felt like we were done wrong. So if I could summarize it that in three ways, that's where the disappointment sort of feels, um, is fueled.
1: Yeah, and I, I wouldn't disagree. And, you know, it was, uh, well, I think it's that's a great way to set it out because we're going to touch on all those points of, of why that yeah it, it, it unfolded that way. You know, the one thing was funny when I was thinking about this game and how it ended, and I was remembering that, you know, there was a point in time where Colorado was the only team that when they came to BMO, it was a win, like going back to 2007. Like oh. Every time. like that's was, right. Until I think it was two or three years ago, they finally got a, I don't remember if they got a win or a draw out of us. They might have won the game, actually, now that I think of it. Every time they played at BMO, we won the game.
0: So it was points for us.
1: Three points for us. Although this is as close
0: uh, to a sure thing as you can get. Yeah,
1: and then the other side note was, uh, however, I do recall one of those games was so boring, Tim fell asleep during it.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay.
1: <laughs> a Saturday. That's and that's back when they used to put these Saturday games at one p.m. on a day like today. Yeah. Where it would be, you'd just be. roasted Oh my god! And there wasn't a roof. Not that the roof really makes a huge difference for us in terms of the sun, but those days, man, we would just be baking. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. On the east side, it was it was awful. But I think you know what heading that's you know that is a little bit of context of what Colorado is to us and how that's another reason why I kind of I'm pretty disappointed with a one one draw against them. but also when you look at the the last few results for us and especially not the last few results, I should say you know the midweek one is another game where we were hard done by against uh, NYCFC um, from what I saw as a pretty bad call from the referee once again making a vital, difference i think and the outcome of the match and i was I, you know i had a thing where i was going to say that was that before this game started i thought of that as one of the one of the worst calls i've seen and then i stopped and said well it's mls so it's probably been the worst call i've seen in the last two weeks uh the way it goes <laughs> and i'm sure people watch this game and have already forgotten about the terrible call because there i think there was a couple of Is moments right? in this game that i i was Extremely frustrated. Well, by. the game
0: completely got out of hand. I mean, the players were taking uh, their own sort of like meeting out justice unto themselves, right? There was uh, a time when Raheem Edwards, sorry, Mavinga got a card for kicking a guy who took out Edwards. Yes. And uh later on, Ricketts at the end of the game, Ricketts gets in a in a shoving match with the keeper McMath from uh from Colorado. There's also a few other times where like, Ashton Morgan gets taken taken out by, at the midsection. There was like. In terms of physicality in this game, uh, if, you know... Well, from the opening which, whistle. Which is exciting. Oh, yeah. Giovinko and Stolzberg. And that was like the 1v1 that was going on between them. The, all the touchy-feely and then the play acting and to draw calls. And then... Uh, which Giovinko used perfectly. He, he drew that guy in so great um, by, by setting up that first goal, right? That was... Uh, anyway... Uh, we'll get into that, I'm sure. The the it, there was just so much uh, bullshit going on between the two teams that uh, I feel like um, you know they were basically trying uh, seeing seeing what they could get away with, but also feeling like you know they had to take matters into their own hands because the ref just wasn't there really for a lot of calls. I mean, even when the cards came out, he was reluctant. I mean, there's some card he gave two yellows, but uh, I feel like there should have been a, a few other things and. I don't know there was just a lot of bullshit going on, yeah, really, just yeah and I would,
1: I think you can make a case for that last one was a Marlon Harrison's against Ashton Morgan. I mean that might you can make a case of that being a red, pretty hardcore contact, yeah that he did on that play and and I glad that Ashton Morgan I, mean, I think Ashton Morgan was like just get up and get on with it because this is just the shit that's going on, well the momentum was also
0: going in our way. we wanted to get on with the game, right we didn't need to have this uh, play simulation, this play acting going on to like you know, run the clock, which actually, I mean, that was the first of them, right? Yeah. That was the, there was three plays where the, uh, we had this, the stoppage of time in the additional time, which was just at some point we thought, man, there's, they're going to play like an extra half here. Yeah. <laughs> because there's so much, uh, but at the end of the day, I, I, I honestly on. don't
1: feel like he added any extra time no. onto the no. added time. No, not at all. It Like actually felt like the five minutes played strong. out. And that was Look, that. That's,
0: that's what, that's what you do with simulation, right? If you're, if you're the team that's uh, yeah, I mean you're the you're the away team. And if you can get a point out of this game by just running the clock, why not?
1: Right, and if you're Colorado, I think if I'm not mistaken, you're sitting in second last. This is a huge result. Yeah, you went to the one of the best teams. In, well,
0: the best team probably. The, the I, I mean, like
1: I think you should say in terms of quality, Toronto is the best team in the league. Yeah, and uh, you got a point out of it. Yeah, unexpected for sure. <clears throat> Very happy about that. So. So yeah. So we let's start off putting in the context of what our starting lineup was of course.
0: Well, this is what I think is part of the part of the issue. I also wanted to mention that was the first time I think we that was the we we back in first place, right? As a result of the tie, which isn't so convincing necessarily because it's a tie, but uh, at the same point we this is puts us in first place. Now I don't know where we are after today's result, but uh, I I mean, I certainly feel like maybe, you know, we certainly dropped two points. I feel like we dropped, this is how I'm coming out of this. This is part of the disappointment. I feel like we dropped two points. And I also feel like the way that all the play acting happened at the end, that's also part of the disappointment. Because they're running the clock, the ref should have moved it along, whatever. There was a whole bunch of shit that would, I mean, we've. I I feel like we haven't strongly pointed this out enough. (laughs) But... You're, I think what you're getting to is the the impact of the gold cup, right, on our team. So there are three players, three of our, three of some of our best players are playing for the states right now in the yeah. gold cup, right. And uh, as a result, we're playing other players. We're playing bench players mostly. And I'm thinking, uh, and sometimes, so I'm thinking because we got a result. I was thinking. Well this shows our depth right this is like we're actually getting to see the bench we're getting to see the depth we're getting results with the bench that's actually that's pretty good right That's nothing to be too too upset about. However, I feel like the gold cup so I was trying to I was trying to weigh the value of what the gold cup is right what is the gold cup the gold cup seems to be well this is what a friend of mine told me at work he said this is not I haven't shared this with you yet. Uh, is FIFA's way of selling Mexicans who live in America tickets to see Mexico play? What do you think of that? That,
1: that is, uh, I think I think it's a
0: fucking cash grab by FIFA, right? Yeah. For, or CONCACAF. For, yeah. For people to well, it's FIFA, right? The money is eventually going to FIFA, and we, if you've been paying attention to the news as of this week, uh, FIFA still hasn't cleared up any of their. You know, basically they're glad handing issues with like all the scandal that's going on with the money, right? So, you know, is this an organization that should be being supported, and should we being let players go play for their national squad? I mean, of course we should, but I feel like I feel like it's a bit of a joke, maybe the Gold Cup, right? I don't know. I, there's an argument to be made for it, because what does the Gold Cup go to? I mean, it doesn't actually have any standing for the World Cup. I mean, it's only just a cup of prestige, so really it's an exhibition cup. It's not really anything. No one can answer me. I don't know what this cup is for, right? <laughs> I feel like it's a bullshit cup. And well, so is my friend. My yeah, friend was, yeah. I mean, my friend convinced me that this is a bullshit cup. So.
1: Well, I would say like from a, from a Canadian national team perspective, it's one of the few times you see us play in a, in a meaningful tournament because we never get into one.
0: I guess so. right. Uh, yeah. We
1: are, we usually get bounced out of World Cup before the the hexagonal we, we one hex, hex stage. But so it's like we're never really in it that far. So this is our only chance. We, we have won
0: two gold cups. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So eighty six yeah. and ninety, I think. Anyway. Well,
1: going to eighty six. That's how you qualified for the World Cup. Okay. It used to be I do in eighty five, and then and then two thousand was the was the, the miracle sorry, miracle yeah. tournament. Would be Colombia in the final. Would we'll be Mexico leading up to it. That was uh, that was outrageous. Um, <laughs> So, anyways, that, I mean, that's how we touched on the roster in this game. Of course, we're missing Altidore, Bradley, and Moro. Right. And at one point, Canada was was in the mix because they were looking good, and we would have had Ricketts gone, Osorio gone. Raheem Edwards was on the team, but they released him to come back to the team. Yeah. I think worried because if they, if they hadn't been, if Canada hadn't lost on Thursday, then Ricketts and Osorio would have still been on the team.
0: Right. Uh, and Ricketts uh, didn't start today, right? So. No. And I think he had a great impact on the game when he came in. So I feel like uh, it's, it's maybe unfortunate that he didn't start. Yeah. So maybe we could go to the starting lineup. because yeah. Because he was one of the vacancies on the starting 11 and should have been in there. And I, I don't know what happened. Is Asario? Is he just I I, I, I Now I
1: can't remember the lineup, but, I mean, he should, he should have been available as well.
0: This is the lineup. <laughs>
1: right. I mean, on the bench. He should have been on the bench. But I don't know why. I think maybe some of the, these are the players that have been carrying over through – that break, you know, we obviously had Bono played midweek, so I guess Erwin gets the nod. And I guess when you're looking again at a team like Colorado, maybe Vanny thought this was a game where you could play. You could hang on your hat on your depth and maybe have those veterans in there that would make the difference. Because you had Haglin coming back from injury. That's worth noting, uh, you know, paired with Zavaleta and Mavinga. And then sort of Endo filling in for Betashore, who's been injured for the past month. still not ready to come back. Edwards on the left side filling in for Moro. And the midfield you had Sheyru, Delgado, Vasquez, I guess Chapman and, and then Jovinko up top. So
0: Right. So Endo is a player that we haven't seen much of uh, since last year, really, right? He's I
1: played I think he's played a couple times though but, at right but but back rarely, one right? or two games at right back.
0: So they played him at back, but he's actually Obviously, a not playing back. Whatever, He's playing like, a wing back, right? Yeah. Well, and Edwards is playing the same position, right? So the two of them are really playing like as supporting midfielders or wing or flanks, and um, so people were criticizing Endo for his play, right? I want to be the person that says that he didn't have such a bad game, and if you looked at the interplay between him and Chapman, I mean, first of all, it was. His uh, initiative that set up the goal, right? I mean, not set up the goal because really that goal came from Javinko, really like doing this that super run, saving the ball, keeping the ball in, mm-hmm. making the cross off balance, and then Endo with the shot with a chance, right? Which then gets saved but rebounded back to Chapman, who slots it in. But if you see the off play, Endo gets in the way of that so- Solzberg player, yeah, which. Still doesn't really have an impact on the goal, but in, in some ways, I feel like it's a bit of retribution for Jake Yeah,
1: well, <laughs> actually, that whole play has a lot of retribution because it was that's
0: completely retribution.
1: Chapman would have scored one of the goals midweek that got called back, which shouldn't have been called back. Oh, and then he gets and his bat, and it was the same kind of goal that was kind of like a chaos around the six-yard box, and you know the guy in, in the New York game.
0: Um, but it was good reactive play. I don't think yeah. it was like it's not – it wasn't a scramble goal. It was it was good reactive play by the two players, right, yeah. by Endo and Chapman. So I think in some way – and then I started watching interplay between Endo and Chapman um, going back and forth, switching from the inside to the out. Um, they were seamless. It seems like they'd practice this. It's, uh, so uh, even though Endo missed some sitters, um, which, you know, obviously affected our result um, – I st- I feel I still feel that there's some chemistry building between those two players, and obviously they're not going to be he's not going to be starting when like our full complement comes back. But you know, there's it's still interesting to see that they they how they work together.
1: Yeah, and I you know what I will I it was will, a bit of a school there. Yeah, and I will add on to that that I I'll give Endo also a bit of credit that crossing the ball isn't my favorite thing to see him do, but I did think that when he cuts in and starts getting a get a little more involved coming from wide into the inside. He was more effective.
0: I also think his ball control is ex- exceptional in terms of taking a ball down. He, it, he dead balls it every time. And he's usually getting long balls because of where he sits on the wing. So uh, they're very difficult to control and he makes it look easy.
1: And you know what I'll add to your point about him and Chapman? I don't know if you would observe this, but on the big screen after the game, both him and Chapman were sort of like I chatting it out game. after the game. Yeah. 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 They were having like a discussion about whatever and da-da-da-da.
0: I feel like they're working out plays together. That's what I feel like anyway. Yeah. Because just because of how uh how complicated some of the plays were. And there was like even there was like this beautiful back heel that Chapman gave Endo. <laughs> it was just beautiful. It was a schooling from Chapman. I would thought, whoa, where did this play come from? Yeah.
1: Right. In fact it could be too because I mean they've come through like the same time. Yeah. Like they're the same age. And they've come through the same yeah. time. And they both I think I
0: think they understand each other. I'm
1: trying to remember if well, Chapman was on TFC two. Endo was probably getting first team minutes, but I think they probably...
0: Well, they're peaking together. Yeah. That's okay. It works. Yeah. They're at the same level.
1: Um, and that's, again, like you mentioned, the opening goal, and that was just... We, we touched on that, of course, but I, I would also reiterate, too, about Jovinko was just... That was just... I thought that was really clever. That is, you know, the ball was rolling out, and he stopped it. Yeah. And was like, no, nah, we're going we're gonna to make something out of this. Mm-hmm. It reminded me of that first season we saw him where he was doing all these cheeky things, right, where he was kind of like... On an impossible angle, scooping it over and, yeah. and creating something out of that. We hadn't seen we haven't seen a lot of that from him this but, season.
0: But I don't know if you. But there's more cat and mouse interplay that's going on in that play because um, he sort of makes it look like he's out of the out of the play. Like he just sort of stops with Sosberg. and so Sosberg doesn't he loses he he doesn't he stops paying attention to him because the ball comes through. But then he doesn't realize that the ball comes through and Javinko runs for it. So he catches him off guard by making himself look disinterested. It was, it was fantastic, actually, watching that, because he's done that a few times. You know, there's m- multiple times where he'll sort of drift out onto the wing outside of the center, and then all of a sudden he's in it, right? It doesn't take him any time because his pace, his acceleration and pace are so fast, right? And, and he can control the ball like nobody, and then he can also turn anybody with the ball, right, because his, his ball skill is so great. So, I mean, there was a bunch of things that he did. In that play, it was just pure genius, regardless, and it was payback because, you know, he was getting picked on by this guy who was, like, twice the size of him, right? Literally. Yeah. I mean, and, <laughs> I mean and, he was, like, sitting six, seven, And uncalled for, really. I mean, Solzberg was just, like, pushing him and pushing him and pushing him, and, like, the ref was didn't catch on to it until, like, and, and the linesman sort of picked up on it, and then eventually the ref was watching it, and then he cut it out, right? So, and then uh, Javinko goes down on one of the plays to get the call, and and then he finally gets the space right but it still it seems it seems like retribution in fact i would say that this 1v1 between Giovinco and sojberg was my highlight of the game and my lowlight of the game because it was so sad to watch it go on but it was also like it inspired the two to play better and obviously Giovinco rose to the occasion right yeah so i don't know i think that's one of the highlights and lowlights of the game
1: yeah yeah i would agree and the other, and the other i mean i don't have uh, my my notebook is much thinner than yours, but I would note that after that that goal and, and you know talking about the roster and the way this team set up my ob- you know the observation I had in the first half was how how much the team was really trying to force it to Drovinko and through him at points and that was something where I mean we saw Delgado get a couple of shots off through the game which was refreshing because it just didn't seem like anyone was willing like anybody there was like a couple of ones where it was like the ball came out to the edge of the eighteen. And it was just so telegraphed that they were cutting it back. To jo- like it was just everything was easily dispossessed yeah. and turned over. And I thought that was like. But I feel like you know it, you're missing that player who's sort of going to step yeah. up and be the secondary attack. Like it's usually Altidore, right? Altidore is right. willing to be selfish Sometimes times. Like, so, Bradley's yeah. willing to be selfish.
0: Yeah, and the two of them can like uh, you know uh, suck the air out of the room in that space that they're in, right? So like for each other, which means that some of those players draw and then you sort of like, it weakens the back line so that you, there's space. Right. But I think that Vasquez, um, as a result also gets uh, a chance to show himself quite a bit tonight. And, I was completely impressed by all the stuff that he was doing. There was some fancy stuff that he did. And, and, and at one point there was, I guess he was being taken on by two players. He had the ball and he was like uh, being squished by two players, right? And he was able to beat them both until they kicked him down, right? And drew a call. And I just thought like he beat them both. He had actually beat them both and then got kicked down. It was like a, a fantastic. It was like that was also one of those highlights of the game. I feel like... I don't know. We got to see the best part of Vasquez until Shea Rue gets pulled out of the game and then Vasquez has to sort of drop to compensate, right? Yeah. And I think that that's where yeah, we, I mean, that's and that's where we, our second, our, our back line gets weak. Yeah. I mean, like, that's I
1: mean, that's actually in the first half, right? That Shea Rue goes out in the 39th minute and yeah. Ricketts comes in. And I think that, I think that makes a difference in the overall.
0: I feel, I feel like, I mean, Ricketts gives us like a good running uh, thing, but I feel like our, our, Stringing the ball through the through up to the middle becomes more of a long ball game and less of a like a for sure thing with between Cheru and Vasquez, right? So that injury with Cheru was like a, a huge impact on our game. I think that was the difference for Colorado getting back in the game. Actually, yeah, that was the turning point as far as I'm concerned. Because I think otherwise we would have I think we would have gone on to at least score another goal and get our pizza slice tomorrow. Yeah, not that that's that's
1: that's should, that, should, that we started this off. No pizza slice. How pissed we are about that. It's uh, filling up on pizza all summer long. That's not. Um, what it means. Yeah. So I mean, like, let, if we talk about that, like, if we go into the second half, because this is when a lot of we can sort of reiterate some of the things we've lamented early on. But the second mm-hmm. half was mostly um,
0: Colorado's yeah, half.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's when they really, I think they came alive. And that's where it's like maybe the first half coasted off after, you know, Ricketts comes in. He's an impact player and Rue goes out. But I think as the, they, the game settled into that change, uh, you know, we saw that Toronto couldn't do the things they would have been able to do with Rue in the game. Uh, and they really had to change their approach. I mean, we saw countless sort of like diagonal crosses onto Ricketts to Sojberg's to side. A guy who's six seven. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's, you know what I mean. You're just yeah. like that's never going to work. That's never yeah. going to get through. I mean, it was just the wrong tactic or wrong strategy to try to get to make a play out of that.
0: And, and long balls are like, uh, you know. It basically turnovers at best, right? Like, I mean, most uh, not at best. I mean, it's pretty close to being a turnover because you're. I mean, the chances are that you, their defense is going to get the ball and it's going to go to one of their midfielders, right? So, um, their desperation attempts to move the ball forward and like try and beat somebody. And Ricketts actually made at least three chances out of some of those long balls. So, I mean, I I think that suggests how what a talent Ricketts is for us. Tucson Ricketts, I think he's fantastic. Um, he shouldn't have gotten any of those chances, and he did. He, and, you know, he had great chances. And, and, and in some ways, I think he became the go-to player instead of Javenko, right? Because, like, obviously, the, you know, Javenko's getting marked out of the game at this point, right? Yeah, so, and Ricketts' pace is,
1: fantastic. is, is amazing. Yeah. It's probably, I would wager it's probably one of the better ones in the league. Because yeah. um, if I'm not mistaken, he, did, he used to be, a, like, a high school track star. Um so he has that background.
0: Well, interestingly, this was one of MLS's uh, tips for the game. Oh, was it? Was well, that wasn't paying was, attention to it that. It was tip number 3. Oh. Their tips are useless, by the way. <laughs> I don't care if they're sponsored by Benjamin Moore. Yeah.
1: So, and if we, so if we, as we, you know, go through the second half, um you, you know, the we talked about the first half being gritty, but I think the second half was exceptionally chippy. Yeah. Yeah. And that's this is where I think Again, like I don't like I don't know if we've expressed like the the Well, emotion Edwards in got
0: injured, right? And then they had to put in Morgan. So, like I mean, we we suffered a, cu- a couple of injuries. It wasn't just Shea Rue that went out in the first. Yeah, That who was, was the next
1: one? Then Cooper came in for Chapman. Chapman got injured.
0: Injured, right? So there was quite. A, we suffered quite a bit of quite a few casualties. If I could in the second half. Yeah, I mean,
1: and Chapman was having a good game.
0: He, was. I thought
1: up to that point, I yeah. was like, that was probably. I mean, he's, ha- he's had some good games, but, I mean, this was one where I thought he was... Up there. Yeah, I mean, like, he was, his dribbling was really good. Oh, right, and this is one, one of the plays in the second half that I wanted to, to highlight and also add into the refereeing of this game and I, and touching in... Funny, again, it's Chapman who's in a play. The New York game midweek, those who didn't see it because I know no one watches TFC when they're on the road. The game midweek, the situation was a cross came in it hit our other – I forget the guy's name. I've drawn a blank, which isn't a bad thing. Uh, hit our forward, and he kind of, like, headed it over to Chapman. Now, what happened was we celebrate the goal. Everyone's happy. Flag stays down, whatever. But then the, re- the referee decides to go, maybe I'll go convene with my, my, my second official here. And they have a little talk. And then they decide it was offside.
0: Really? And well, it was no goal. Without a challenge from the other team. Yeah. That's fucked up. Right? So then... That and suggests then suggests something and else. And then right?
1: this game I wanted to say the point, because I don't know what you thought about this play, but I thought it was pretty strange where it was the, it was a play in the second half where Chapman's dribbling the ball, he gets through the guy, gets fouled outside the 18, but he stays on his feet, gets into the 18, oh, gets yeah. completely clattered, like just, just flatten, bowled over flatten,
0: in the yeah. 18-yard box, and then the referee points back outside of the... He blows, he blows, he, so he blows the play dead because it's a foul, but he blows it for the first foul and not the second, which, but is, he let, which is bizarre because, right? he, because he let it play because of the advantage, right? Because he was still on his feet and he still had the ball. So you know, even though it was a foul, he still had possession. He wasn't dispossessed, so he let the, the game play. But then he made the wrong call because the actual foul that did take place inside the box got blown outside the box as the first, as the first play, which wasn't the foul. It was the wrong call. It was clearly the wrong call. I'm just like, yeah. And it it left everyone baffled. Everyone was screaming at the ref. At that point, I thought there was going to be a riot in the stadium. I didn't – I mean, it was – the game was already out of control. And it was already pretty chippy. There was already quite a few people taking – like, and, you know, some of the kicks were high. Like, I was thinking that people were tackling with their feet up. And I was just like, this is like – this is like amateur hour. Like, what the hell's gone? Like, this has really gone to the dogs. This game. Man. Yeah. I, mean, I was like, it's yeah. It's, this is more like UFC. This is like fighting. Yeah. <laughs>
1: right? Yep. Yeah. We talk about it, and then quickly, we know that Colorado levels the score, and we saw that coming. I mean, Colorado was was getting they were excellent set pieces.
0: Yeah, they had lots of chances. Right. It wasn't they just were set pieces. There was lots of chances. They were just making their own chances, and we weren't. And uh, I think I mean, Her- you said it when the goal happened. You said that was
1: that that was coming. That was
0: it was. But I feel also like uh, part of it was because Vasquez wasn't playing deep like he was supposed to. And I think what was going on was that he had and told Cooper Del- came in. Yeah, but I think Delgado had he had told Delgado to play back, but Delgado does not play back, and so nobody was really soldiering up the way Cheru does or the way Bradley does, which is like that's our formation. So we didn't have a, a deep midfielder. To create that diamond in the middle, right? So yeah. that's kind of why the chances were coming through. That's how I feel the chances were coming through. They were coming through. Yeah, they were just coming through. Yeah. So our center was sort of missing at the back.
1: Yeah. I think that's fair because that's what happened. I mean, the, the turnover was through the middle. Yeah. And then, um, you know, the Colorado player... It's just like chess. Him, like, yeah, everything just, comes through the middle, right? Yeah, and then he just he's just on the bit of the right side of goal, cuts in, and both and I think it was Haglund and Ravinga had they just had no chance. Mm. And he just... Perfectly slotted in on the, the far side. I mean, Irwin yeah, had no chance. And it wasn't it even was a that hard nice, of a shot. No, it was just perfect placement. And then after that goal, as when, as we've said before, I mean, the, this, when you summarize this off the top, I mean, this this period after the goal was just that was just such a hard, such a hard way to watch the game finish because it was so cynical, right? Everything. The, you know, like the,
0: yeah. the, the the tone was cynical. About yeah, that, like Harrison goes that he's he's just
1: sitting there. He's not injured. He's just sitting on the field. Fine, stand up and leave, or stand up and play. And then he walk. And then he gets his whole stretching out. And then he you go- made
0: a you made a comment about a Bendik thing. Oh yeah, I remember yeah. this play too. I was
1: at my joke. My joke was this is the only time <laughs> I wish Joe Bendik was still on TFC because when we played at that...
0: at one point he picked up a player. He picked and he up moved him the up. Yeah, pitch, right? it was.
1: Um, Oh, shit, he used to play on Montreal, and now he's on New York, drawing a blank on his name, too. Bad night for me. But, yeah, he just picked him up and took... He just dragged, picked him up.
0: Dragged him off the pitch at the end. I think end.
1: he picked him up and, like, lifted him up, up to his feet to be like, get the fuck up. And the guy then st- was, like, standing up, and he was like, hey, what are you doing? I can walk again. You know what I mean? Like, that whole thing where the guy's in the wheelchair, and he's like, I can walk again. <laughs> uh, and I think that's... I think that's where that incident was it, with Ricketts happened. Was a I think was ri- like uh, it? yeah. Because Marlon Harrison had that first one, which was just ridiculous. And then he goes and he just destroys Morgan, yet he's the one who's staying down the whole time, Yep. you know, whinging about the whole thing. And I was really... And, he was I always, really thought, and the he, message that had been sent then would but, have been the red card. Yeah. I got to say, this. If we're, as, we, as we summarize he, this, he, the but shit he had game done, from Guzman. He
0: was also down on the ground earlier in that half. Yeah. So, but... The thing is that like it wasn't the first time he was down. No, and and it wouldn't be the able, last. And he was still able to play. Like he still came in. Like I mean, usually if you're you're down twice and you stop the game, it's you're kind of done, right? Yeah. Obviously, and it was a bullshit. Like they're running the clock. completely.
1: And then there was uh, you know two other guys who did. It was like every time we had a corner kick.
0: Okay. I, right. They yeah. would.
1: They, one of their guys would go down. Yeah. And then we get. And then the added time. Which I w- I would be curious to know other people's thoughts. With, I honestly it, don't think additional. with with those with the additional time, like if you if someone goes down in additional time, that gets added to additional it do- time. It does. Yeah. So I mean, there should have been another three minutes on top. I I just am, I would like to know if that five minutes. Well, but, I guess if we were watching on TV, we so would the, see that clearly.
0: The, yeah, because usually they run a clock, right? Yeah. So and that's the problem that they need to run the clock at the stadium on the stadium board, and that's something that I've thought about. You know, all season I'm thinking they're doing it on TV. You should do it in the game, right? But I mean, they're probably not doing it because people would riot. So I don't think people would riot. But I think, no it, it, but like, it's frustrating not knowing how much time. Because I don't it's, feel like we played five it, minutes. It, it, it actually adds to the frustration of the, as a as a as a so, somebody watching the game, right? I, I I refuse to use the word fan, which is what they call us all the time, because I'm not a fan. <laughs> I just dig the game, right? And I'm going down all the time. I'm a supporter, not a fan. I hate that fucking turn that they use. Anyway, so I years. wanted to I, there's I want to mention one other highlight of the, out of uh, the game which was something that we haven't talked about but it was Irwin's play. So Irwin had a fantastic game and he saved us at least twice. There was one where he oh, knocked right. it over yeah, the yeah. and one where he saved it down low um, where he had to readjust off off a, a, half, for off a free ahead. kick. Yeah. And uh, so the game could have been completely different if Erwin wasn't there because he was really – he saved our ass twice. I mean, two goals that should have been in, right? So I, I just think that that hasn't been said yet because we haven't actually talked about how good he played. He did play fantastic. So um, despite how, how disappointed we were at that goal I – mean, so Shout goal out to Andre. Was, oh, why? <laughs> because he doesn't like him. Um, okay. <laughs> So I wanted to talk about some other things. I wanted to talk about game lowlights, because we talked about I mean, we've gone on about this uh, play simulation, so I'm not going to talk about that, because that play acting was a bullshit thing. But there's, there's other things. So the, the injury toll that we took, there's three players that we got injured today, not knowing their status net right now. But one of them being Cheru, who's basically our fill-in for Bradley, right? Now, Bradley should be back soon, as soon as like the Gold Cup's over.
1: From a fitness perspective, it's probably the right thing to sit them. But from their personal motivation perspective, maybe they're 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 going to be eager to come back into the team.
0: Well, and I don't think there's going to be. I mean, there's not going to be an argument from Vanny, right? Because like, they, there's not many people on the bench, so it's, it seems like the injury toll is stacking up. Yeah. So, well, the
1: only thing we can we can maybe lean on is that. So that this we're, is, gonna, we're, gonna you we're
0: you were being asked about this at the beginning of the game about like what are our chances going in like an unthink- oh yeah, and the thing that you weren't talking about was the injury. Like the injury play, like that's the thing. Like who's left standing at the end of the season, right? It's usually the teams that are still fit. Yeah. So this this has an impact on. However, what I would what we, say is what happens to us later. through the
1: course of a season because around now, well, it's a little bit later. Last year, Jovinko got injured, and you know my and he went my, down on Thursday, right? Yeah. And my thing was that look, if if you're going to and gonna he's have, coming off of injury, yeah. But if you're going to have an injury in the season, have it now have it in september you know what i mean like jovinko sure. got injured and came back last season at the and then i said this on the podcast i was like in a way it's actually better because we we're peaking too early in the year i
0: get it yeah right
1: and it's like no it's good and he's going to come back he's going to get a few games in and then he's going to be back at 100 right when we get into the playoffs right now <coughs> ideally i don't want him, anyone getting injured at any point however i would say if if that's going to happen you know, now isn't a time and we're at the, we're near the top, we're at the top or near the top of the table. We're in a good position as long as any, nothing goes pear shaped in terms of the way we perform, which I would say for the most part, like this, this wasn't a good result, but I mean, there wasn't anything there. I was like, my God, what has happened to us? You know, it was like, okay, this just was, this wasn't a great game and obviously we're depleted, but I still say that, you know, it, when everyone comes back, which is plenty of time for to happen, everything should be, should be okay. However, in terms of, yeah, the results that are the games ahead of us, you know, I'm concerned with Shea Rue being I, gone.
0: I still think we need to be concerned about it. Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean,
1: yeah, because, hey, I mean, that aside, I mean, I, I would never say, be like, oh, these games are, don't worry about it. Like, in, in, in sort and, of like, whatever, if we lose points, I still want this team. And to, you
0: can't work the starting 11 to exhaustion, right? Yeah. So that's also a problem, right? So mm-hmm. you need your bench. That's, and just, just from a perspective a and also
1: from a perspective of hey, like i one one thing I always factor into this team is like the enjoyment of watching this team, and Rue is a player that's a that's a joy to watch right yeah. so it's like uh, i st- I still want these guys out there, and I still want to see good football because this is the first probably last season for most of it for part of it, not all of it, and this season, for the most part, I think at home we've seen great, great games, great games we haven't sure. lost at home yet, yeah. Which was another interesting, actually, another interesting little statistic was that, if I'm not mistaken, this is the first non-win at home since our first two home games of the year. So we drew Kansas yeah, City, yeah, first, we drew Atlanta, yeah, and then we've won them all. Yeah, because I was going to say, this at the game, beginning of the season,
0: we didn't. <laughs> the yeah, case, really. yeah,
1: we were kind of like, eh, not so sure, and then we've looked great at you know two nil, easy two 0 two nil in the bag.
0: But I, you know, I wonder if like because at the beginning of the season we were on the road all the time, and I just felt like we weren't used to playing at home. <laughs> right i think and, it and there's, and there's an extra bit of pressure right playing in front of the fans yeah. the fans it's the supporters especially after this is the first time you're seeing them after losing in the final right yeah so there was like a lot of pressure yeah coming or maybe, out of maybe we're not used to playing
1: at home with a 10 long? game road stand 10, 10 game roads road swing to start it off because last two years right because of the construction yeah we've uh had to play eight i think it was eight and Was it eight and eight or eight and nine to start the season? This was the earliest we've ever played at home in the last three years.
0: So, uh, one other thing I wanted to mention uh, in terms of the low light, which leads to a sight and sound, was the um, the stuff that was going on in the south end. Can we talk about that? Absolutely. There's a lot of people wearing an Argos uh, and was uh, what was the shirt? It was um, there was a shirt being sold, I guess, at a at a pub. Uh, outside f- for the supporter section and and it was being uh purposely worn to antagonize MLSE on the reaction that they had t- to them having a no ar- like a no ar- Argos of BMO no Argos of BMO so that, like and there, that's right? been
1: like a in quotes like a campaign yep. that a lot of supporters feel strongly about that And they it's don't not,
0: want. and it didn't happen just year this year like this is a campaign that's happened for at least 3 years now yeah
1: since since it was being put talked on, about yeah put on the table mm-hmm. the Argos are going to play at BMO field then you know, naturally, and the thing here's one thing too is that I mean, BMO Field is also the Canadian national team home field, so there's there's a discussion, You know, it's not just Toronto too; it's actually Canada-wide supporters of the national teams as well saying, "Hey, this is our this is this is a soccer-specific stadium. Yeah, it was built for soccer. Um, the Argos, I mean, why can't they have their own stadium? Why can't they play in the Dome? That's a whole side thing. We won't need to get like what went on with them and the Jays." But it's sort of like, you know, we this is our home. And, of course, there's a flip side sort of – and I think MLC is looking at just another vet, another tenant to make money off of. Yep. And this is where this comes in. Which is
0: um, Lewinsky's idea, right? Because that's what they did in L.A. That was his model, right? Yeah. So make it a multi-purpose Lie wiki by sorry. So that was the – I mean, it, this was his doing anyway. He negotiated this with the Argos, right? So it's not Bill Manning's thing. He just inherited it, right? Yeah. But – it's a money-making – it's told. I mean, they're all for it. Yeah. I'm sure so, they, th- they think it's another – way. So what happened here? But so, here's the problem. is so it's they, they
1: see that the Argos is a money-making thing. And the only problem is no one goes to watch the Argos. I mean, they're, they're, they're announcing crowds, I think, of 14,000 or maybe 10. Yeah, but they're getting 10.
0: paid anyway, so it doesn't matter, right? What do you mean? Well, the Argos aren't an MLSC property, are they?
1: No one's making money. Like, no one's coming to the games. Yeah. Right. And even if they're saying it's 10,000, I mean, you look at the pictures. There's, <laughs> it looks, I mean, it literally looks like an empty state. Well, it looks like a Toronto FC game being, that's been rained out at night being replayed the next morning.
0: Yeah. It's certainly, there's some creative accounting going on with the numbers yeah. in terms of the attendance, which is <clears throat> something that they're, they're well practiced Now,
1: this is the thing that's ridiculous and beyond absurd is that, you know, for whatever reason, MLSE seems to think that a banner, is having a f- is, is playing a f- is playing a part, or as a factor in why no one's going to watch the Argos? I mean, I just like, if if that's for real, like you need to get your fucking head checked. If because
0: is, because Argos fans aren't watching Toronto FC games, and Toronto FC fans aren't watching Argos games. That's th- there's not a cross pollination going on, right? Well, so not, not not not,
1: not twenty thousand people or ten thousand at least, right? Like there might be maybe a couple, but I mean, you can't tell me there's 15,000 sure. people yeah. between the two that are now not showing up because they saw a banner saying no And,
0: art. you know, as much as I like seeing a banner, a banner doesn't have all the argument and logic that is going to make a person stay or not stay, right? It's I mean, if I saw a banner and I saw something, I would think about it, but I'm not necessarily sure I would act on it. Like it's just it's first of all I think it's just ridiculous. So what does MLSE do because of this banner that they that they are accusing of having an impact on the ticket sales for the Argos? Well they, they, what is apparently
1: sub, uh, what do you call it? supporter privileges were revoked. So what does that mean? I guess it meant that they didn't get to bring their flags in
0: and their banners and their banners so
1: but they got around, they, they did a workaround. What did they do? They wore t-shirts <laughs> and they said "No Argos." And they was like, "Why are they all wearing white t-shirts?" And then I'm getting texts from Alex during the game, and they said they all have these shirts saying "No Argos at P which I thought that was that's clever, pretty fucking witty.
0: Yeah,
1: pretty fucking witty. And it's just like, like, like I don't know. I was reading that it was it's Tannenbaum is the one who's apparently got the axe to grind. I thought it would have been Manning because Manning, I just he just comes off like a doofus when like, it comes to like, like when I it comes really to supporter relations it. like not and it's not surprising that Tannenbaum also just doesn't have a clue of like they think they think yeah. that you it's like this is you're talking to children like that just seems like a very like
0: P- paternalistic uh, yeah like yeah petty relationship. paternalistic
1: relationship you're having with your customer yeah like is that you know what i mean like if you want to look at it from that angle too it's just but I it's didn't. also
0: counterintuitive because, like, the whole thing is that you're trying to build an atmosphere in there so that people have a good time and come back, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, part of that is banners and flags and that South and End enthusiasm, right? Have your marketing well, based on that. all of it. Like, if you're looking at all the video clips that are go on in terms of this, uh, which gives me a real triumph of the wheel feel, like, when I'm there. It's just like an overload. They're, they're stealing all that footage, right? That's I mean, this, it's the South End that builds that and makes that, right? You wouldn't have any advertising or marketing without them. So, you know, to shoot yourself in the foot like this is ridiculous and yeah. stupid and and just like shortsighted and all sorts of other things that like I could just go on and rant about because it's just ridiculous. It is. It's in the realm of ridiculousness. Well, so, and, the, and the precedent and like like the thing is,
1: the precedent was already set from last year. Now, I I'm not going to talk about the two stick from last year, but the same thing happened where they were like. You're all going to be punished now. And you're not... And then said, well, then, fuck you. We're not going to support. And then all the players were like... What happened? Yeah, like, we need this. Yeah, of course you do. Fucking Bill, mate, you dummy. Like... Yeah. You think you like... You just think that just the controlling is... It grind, It grind really, like, puts my back against the wall because it reminds me of the first two or three years, right yeah, when they sure. started doing that.
0: Yeah.
1: And I just really, like...
0: After when people got excited about it, they wanted to crack down on it. Yeah. <laughs> In the wrong <laughs> you way. You know, they had
1: this whole like oh you know hooligan problem so you got to make sure no one stands because now you just yeah, it's idiots you know what I mean and that's the thing that I just get he just anyways the only sight, the other sight and sound I had from the start of this game was well, how about that O Canada
0: yeah I know that was another one so it was pretty out of sync with each other there was I just like hands down the do worst that?
1: that was the worst o Canada rendition I have ever we've ever seen
0: yeah and it wasn't really saved by the person by this person who was singing coming in early to try and end it quicker <laughs> right? i just like, it was almost okay. it was almost like let's close the curtain and get going with the game
1: it, f- it almost sounded like i don't know like a fifth grade like being
0: pulled the hook being pulled yeah off the-
1: a fifth grade christmas concert where all the kids are singing it on whenever they want like it, it just was it was out of control and then like you said when she came in was on when nobody else was at that point in the song
0: yeah I you know what else as I'm not really a fan of like national anthems being sung at, at sports games and I think it's it's a ridiculous um tradition to keep going on with. However, I also did feel like you know there's a lot of players here that are from other parts of the world, right? And, and mostly the states, but other places and they I'm thinking how ridiculous do they think we are if we can't even sing our national anthem together? <laughs> like it's just like like it just looks like fucking ridiculous, right? So I just I just prefer if they just dispense with it. Let's not sing any national anthems. Who gives a shit? Because there's so many players from so many different countries. Doesn't I mean? And we're not really recognizing their contributions either. So why don't why do wh- And what is what is the point of it? Like there's no point of singing the yeah, national. It's not anthem. A it's we're not, not
1: It's not a national team game. This,
0: these definitely aren't players that are playing for Toronto. They're just playing at a Toronto team, right? So they're not playing for a country or they're not playing for a city. They're just playing for a club. Yeah, it so, would almost
1: make more sense. Because I think you see this, and you know, in, it's a stretch, in, well, right. in European leagues, is like you know, a lot of them have just a song that they identify with as a city or as a club, yeah. And you sing that at the start of a game, not on the speakers, like the, the supporters sing it on their own schedule then, yeah. before the kickoff, yeah. Whether it's you know, we'll never walk, you never walk alone, or Blue Moon for Man City or something like that, right? Like they have these yeah. songs, so it's like, and I have a feeling there's like I've heard. Um, People talk about the Canadian Premier League coming out, and there's like Halifax has some like really good, oh, yeah, like East Coast songs that just fit perfectly with that. And you almost can picture, like, yes, that's the kind of atmosphere that could be incredible, right? To have like something regional that just everyone can sing along to, yeah. And I don't know what that would be for Toronto,
0: but they're we're creative, so maybe not Cardinal
1: La Fichelle, but uh,
0: definitely not something that's like canned, right? Yeah,
1: anyways, uh, Steve, we've hit the perfect. Point of the podcast. Next home game is against NYCFC. So
0: next Sunday. uh, Yeah, a
1: team that has been kind of been a bit of a rival. Like they're only in their third season, but it's been, you know, a team that's the first team to ever shut down Jovinko. But then a team where Jovinko's really had some of his best games. Yeah. And uh, so that's one I think that needs to be circled on the calendar, and that's Sunday afternoon, though. So that's a bit of a doozy. Three o'clock, yeah. Is it two or three? Yeah, or maybe one or the it's other. Early. It's, it's it's Sunday afternoon, it's so earlier. Yeah, so that's always a Sunday game, man. They're tricky, but I'll be there. You'll be
0: there. I'm trying to be there. I we'll know. try to be
1: there. Anyways, the podcast will be there. Uh, everyone knows Steve.
0: They catch you uh, at 89.1. fuck, eighty nine point five. You didn't get any of it right. Jeez. <laughs> Uh, on Sunday nights from ten till midnight, and there's a blog. There's a blog that we have for equalizing extra com. Great. So go to that.
1: Yep. Sunday nights, ten o'clock. Yep. Everyone knows you. Where to find me at Clark Rno or at Red Nation Online or at info or have your say Red Nation Online.ca. Send us a note. Your thoughts on the game. Great refereeing from this game from this match.
0: Said facetiously. Yes. Said, facet- say, I think
1: we've been. Duped two games in a row, if you ask me. A little frustrated. But again, looking forward to next Sunday, seeing how uh, who comes back to the team, who's who's healthy, and uh, hopefully we get a better result. We'll leave it at that. Thanks a lot, guys, for listening. And we'll you next time. We want you to get involved. Reach out to us on Twitter at Red Nation Online or by email at info or have your say at rednationonline.ca. Get in touch with us. Let us know how you thought the team did. Agree, disagree, it doesn't matter. Also, check out our other podcasts on Red Nation Online, From the Black Hole, Ours is the Fury, and our interview series. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you guys next time.